0: Welcome to the December 1st edition of the PFF Forecast. We have a great episode here for you today. We're going to talk about the week 13 slate. We're going to pick the lock of the week. Um, Eric has some very interesting things to say about run blocking, and uh, we might talk about that. Um, We might even talk about uh, the great superstore that is Target. Who knows? It's all ahead of us. Let's rock. What's up, man? It's
1: been a day. It's been a it good has, day.
0: It has been a day. I want, um, I want you to to give a little um, summary, a tease, maybe is the best word um, for what I thought. You know. So I'll, I'll give people behind the scenes here. This morning, and this has been a week. This has been a week. This morning, I got a Slack from you that said this might be, or maybe it was last night, I can't remember, it all runs together. I think this might be my favorite article that I've written for PFF. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, maybe maybe it's true, but you know, maybe he's being hyperbolic, I read it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and it has caused a little bit of a stir on the interwebs, but I want you to tease the people and uh, tell them what they can find at PFF.com if they go read your shit.
1: Yeah, with Cyber 40, you can go ahead and read the whole article. <laughs> Yes. Um, it, yeah. So, um, I was in a meeting with, uh, a team a couple weeks ago and we were arguing Ooh. about something else. Yeah. By the way, like anybody who thinks that like, we're just making these things up, uh, in our lab somewhere, is pretty funny. Um, but I was, yeah, it was just like, you know, thinking about, you know, we were sort of arguing about what was more fragile, uh, running the ball, passing the ball. um, how many things need to go right for a passing play to work? How many things need to go right for a running play to work? Mm-hmm. Um, and my thesis was always that, like, passing was the better – passing was the better thing. We, we, we've always sort of, you know, looked at offensive line play, and I think that it's it's actually fairly plain to see that offensive line play has declined in the NFL. It, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, we're seeing a little bit of an increase this year with guys like Trent Williams and, you know, even like Creed Humphrey coming out of Oklahoma and so forth. But, like, offensive line play has declined in the NFL. You know, the run game could require more out of linemen in 2006 when we first started grading games, than they can now. And so, like, my entire thesis was the run game was not effective in large part. And this was due to, by the way, I also played. Like, I, you know, when, when I was a, an offensive, you know, I was a tight end. And, and when my offensive line coach, like, you know, saw a, a perfectly blocked play, on the, uh, you know, on the screen, uh, you could see him swell up a little bit, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, like, I knew, like, that was part of the shtick. So I- I'm kind of, you know, knowing that, I my thesis was always, like, it takes more for a good run play to be successful than it does for a pass play, especially in the trenches. And so I went out and looked and said, okay, let's look at how teams do with various sort of levels of success. And ultimately, like, I went through the whole gamut of, like, Two positive blocks, you know, three zero blocks, one negative block. And the, the, the simplest story and the best story was when, you know, there is zero negative blocks on a play in the passing game, the passes do really well. Uh, 0.2 expected points per play. Um, when there are zero negatively graded plays in the run game, the run does even better. 60% success rate, 20, 0.27 expected wow. points added per play which would would lead the NFL in rushing – or, sorry, lead the NFL in, you know, efficiency. Um, The problem is, is when there is one, you know, or more negative blocks on a run play, efficiency flips completely to negative 0.27 EPA per play. And this is on early down runs in the first three quarters of the game with no Mm -hmm. two-minute drill. And a success rate goes down to 25%. So, literally, the running game is when – executed perfect perfectly is better than the the best offense in the NFL. But the moment that there's a negative thing that happens to it, it's far worse than the worst offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and the passing game, the, the fall off is not nearly as precipitous. You know, you go down to negative 0.08 rushing, which is actually like kind of like a or, uh, 0.08 EPA, which is kind of like rushing actually in the NFL mm-hmm. um, and about 40% success rate. And so, you know, my, my takeaway was, well, this is why teams run the ball. This is why we've been told our entire lives that running the football matters. It's because when it's executed, when the coach gets what he wants, um, it's beautiful and it works. And and the problem is, and and this is, you know, Ben Baldwin, our friend, um, writes for The Athletic. He's an economist. He, he, I think, summed it up well. It's like, they understand payoffs. They don't understand probabilities, mm-hmm. right? So yep. the payoff for a perfect run, a perfectly blocked run is immense, but it happens about a third of the time. Uh, a perfectly blocked pass play happens about, you know, 60% of the time or so. And the fall off when it doesn't happen is not as dramatic. So mm-hmm. that that's like the whole point. And a lot of people, you know, didn't read the article. Of course, Mitchell Schwartz didn't read it. He certainly had an opinion on it. Uh, you know, you know, people from you know ted win from the athletic they all you know they all came at, at the ideas and i you know the ultimate idea was coaches run the ball because when it's when it when it hits its ideal it works the problem is is the reason the run isn't efficient is because it doesn't work nearly as much as they think it does
0: well and i mean it's important to understand how like you can if you want to have a theory about it go ahead have a theory about it but don't you know, the data says what the data says. And it's a fact. I mean, you don't have to look at football to know that people don't understand intuitively probabilities, you know, like books and books and best-selling books have been written about this, (laughs) you know, Uh, like the the one that there are a couple that comes to mind, actually, you wrote about, or not wrote about, but talked about Thinking in Bets by Andy Duke, which I think is a good book for anyone that like needs a basic uh, explanation of like, how people can think probabilistically. But even um, in thinking fast and slow with Daniel Kahneman, it's a, a continuous uh, uh, theme throughout that that people really struggle to understand pay, uh, probabilities um, that are associated with payouts. And I think what's interesting is you mentioned the offensive side, the thought process, and the defensive side, You know, when a defense is perfectly blocked on and run on, the demoralizing feeling for the defense, I think, also compounds. You know, like as good as the offense feels about that, the defense feels equally destroyed. And I think that is that that's further emphasis for why you know you should try to do these things. I had a question though to like extend past this because I don't I don't find it I don't find it productive to argue about like the reasons. I found it more interesting to keep trying to understand more with, with, with data. Do you think it teams can put themselves, I'm sure we can, we can test this, but what's your hypothesis around teams putting themselves in a position to make more of their run plays perfectly blocked? Like that to me is the question. The question shouldn't be like, let's yeah. argue over the semantics and feelings of people. Let's try and identify because a perfectly blocked run play is clearly very valuable. How do we help ourselves make um, make those plays more advantageous when we do run the ball.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's the next study is to look at different run concepts, look at different um, you know, ideas. I mean, like even one of the things that I I I, you know, this is something that I learned while being a blocking tight end in college was, you know, I was I would watch, you know, film and uh I don't Burt Smith was the he and I rotated. He was the slot receiver and I was the tight end and I remember watching film and being like why am I in on this play? Like, all Hmm. I'm doing is taking Burt's guy and bring him in the box. (laughs) And even though I make the block 90% of the time, like, I'm still opening up 10% for this play to lose, right? Mm -hmm. So the other question is, is like, you know, what's the, you know, obviously the probability that a a play is going to be perfectly blocked decreases with the number of linemen that are on the field, right? And so, like, there's another aspect of that. Like, is there a trade-off between running, you know, are there are there different schemes that have perfectly higher, perfectly blocked play rates, but because of the nature of the scheme, they don't gain that much. I think it may be like a trap play or something. Mm. Um, whereas zone, you know, it's a lot harder to get everything perfectly blocked, but you know, if you hit it, then you, you, you get a big gain. Yeah, the that's the thing that you said about the defense by. was, was extremely important. And this is the defensive thing is why coverage versus pass rush, you know, what we've learned um, you know, sort of is is the deal there, right? Because you know, to me, when I think about coverage versus pass rushes, is what you have to do on defense to win. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this evidently says that winning one play at the line of scrimmage is enough to kill a defense, a run play, right? But Does, winning,
0: that lend, sorry, go ahead, get, finish your thought.
1: But winning, winning a play at the line of scrimmage if you're a pass rusher is not sufficient to to win consistently in the passing game, at least at the level that you need to, because again, like only, you know, let's say only 30% of plays are affected by a guy winning at the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage. And um of those plays, the 40% are still successful. You know, whereas if you get one player winning at the line of scrimmage in the run game, only 25% of plays are successful and yeah. the variance is lower. So like that, that I think is the whole coverage versus pass or like defensive lineman versus coverage players theory, right? Like, if you get an amazing defensive lineman like Aaron Donald, Mm -hmm. like he's going to mess up the run game. He's also going to mess up the passing game. But if a team is a lethal passing offense against you, they can abandon the run where he's going to kill them and he can rush the passer. But ultimately his pass rushes are only as good as the coverage behind him in a lot of cases. Not every case, obviously. We know that pass rush can screw up an offense. But like, you know what I'm saying? So again, this isn't to say one or the other. This is just to say this is why we're seeing some of the results we're seeing, which is, you know, defensive line versus versus coverage players. You know, it's more important to have a coverage group that's deep because winning right. at the line of scrimmage is not as important as we thought.
0: You know, and I actually think I was thinking about the coverage pass rush thing I, I, non-related to this. And I was thinking about, like, why it's received so much negativity and that's not productive towards, like, increasing the knowledge of football and i actually think if you just instead of talking about like which one matters more or which one doesn't matter if it was just like hey it turns out both of these matter a lot and you started there um you would make a lot more headway because i think for a lot of people the reason it was so abrasive to them is they'd always thought well pass rush is just so much more important and obviously we've added nuances you mentioned with like it is so fra- The pass rush, uh, so the coverage is so fragile, and that's why maybe it, you know, maybe you need to invest. You need to spread the wealth more across the coverage unit. Whereas in in the pass rush, you can have a dominant pass rusher, and that explains some of the inequality from a payments uh, perspective. The other thing that comes to mind here is the value of a singularly talented run stopper where you don't have to dedicate as many bodies. Because as you mentioned, like if you're from a defensive perspective trying to think about, okay, I need to win one, but I want to win once at least with as few resources dedicated, right? Because if you look at the defensive side, it's like, okay, if I bring in four linemen and I dedicate an extra person in the box, I then expose myself to a passing play, right? Which we know is, you know, you can just get, get gouged on. So is that that plays into this as well, where you think about the construction of your defense and how you try to get one thing, um, you know, one one block blown up. I think the one of the reasons that, um, you know, so I think about the probability thing, and I think actually betting is a good analogy for this. Everyone loves parlays, and the reason they love parlays is when you hit one, it makes you feel really good. When you see it on Twitter and you see someone who hit like a 17 parlay, you go, man, I can feel that. Like, I know what it would feel like to win like eight grand on a hundred dollar bet. And that would be fucking awesome. But there's a difference, which is for me, it feels like there's no cost associated with spending 10 bucks on a parlay. In an NFL game, you don't have theoretically unlimited bets to make, right? You're going to run out of time and run out of place. And so you you have to be strategic with that. Um, and I, I just don't think, I think in life, there are so many things that we view where the the payment to to try and get that euphoric feeling doesn't feel like a lot, you know, like that shoot for the moon mentality in, in a lot of situations, you don't feel like you're giving up a lot. So that's maybe why we're preconditioned to think that way.
1: Yeah, i I, I also think, we also have to think about the incentives of coaches, right? Like we, mm-hmm. like when when I was young and I, I was growing up in Minnesota, I'd watch Brad Childress, right? And and there would be there would be years where he called his offense a kick ass offense, and everybody would make fun of him. And then he would he would have the media in, and he would watch he would watch film with the media. Mm-hmm. And there was a play I remember, like they showed some of this this event, and Brad Johnson, who was like 39 years old at the time. And Brad Childress would be like, well, Brad could only get a yard and a half more out there. Notice how wide open the backside tight end is on the boot. And I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, but you're a dumbass for thinking Brad Johnson, 39 years old, can get out a yard and a half, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: And I think we all talk about what the incentives of people are. And I think the pragmatism necessary to say look like this is amazing if it works like you and i were both teachers right like if you were to go in and say i'm going to teach calculus by epsilon delta to all the students from the very first day because that's the best way to like if Mm -hmm. if a kid in high school can learn that calculus this way then then they're going to be professors someday and that's amazing and i go and do that and all my students fail the AP test or, you know, all the students fail Calc one in college or whatever. And I go, and I'm like, yeah, they just didn't execute. <laughs> I'm the idiot, right? Yeah, I'm exactly. the idiot. Cause yeah. I set them out to fail. Uh-huh. And, and that's my point. Like, I think the hard thing is everybody, once you get to that top 32, whether that be offensive coordinator or head coach, a lot of the incentive is to sort of cover your pass when people ask you why things didn't work. And if you like, Oh, Brad Johnson can't get there. And it's like, I ran a great play. Look how wide open this guy, Brad Johnson. Can. Well, no, you're the, you're kind of the one who's not doing it well by setting this up. And I think the run game, the variance is so low. Like if you look at the distribution in the article, cyber 40, PFF.com, the variance we're running is also confined and all being positively blocked up does is shift the distribution over to the right. Mm. The thing with That's passing is there's still that spike at negative EPA. that That's incompletions. And I always think about, like, Joe Thomas can block the hell out of a pass play, but if Brandon Whedon's throwing the ball to uh, Greg Little, it's still going to be dropped, right? And so <laughs> I think that that, that variance, we don't like that. We like the controlled, and we like, the, we like being able to pass the buck on to execution of other people, mm. right? And the, like, we all know people who are like that. And I think that's creeping into, right? It's creeping into and saying, look, I drew up the right play. I drew up the lesson plans at school. I did all these things. And the people who I put under responsibility didn't execute. And we never look back at what the base rates are for execution. And in running the ball, the base rate for having a perfectly blocked play is like one in three on early downs. And so if you continue to call that, Part of the problem is on you for either not increasing the base rate or ignoring it altogether.
0: Now, that's the the teaching thing is interesting because you see that not to get on like a huge tangent because we could do a whole podcast on on teaching. But it's so true. Like you look at our education system, you go talk to teachers and you hear that repeatedly. Like it is the kid's fault all the time. And one of the things like Teach for America, which is what I did out of out of school, a lot of things that are wrong with it, but one of the things that they did a great job of, and I hear it a lot of high-performing schools, I heard a lot of high-performing schools, was if it's not working, it's not the kid's fault. You can't have that mentality and succeed. It's the same if you're building a business. Like if your product isn't selling, it's not the customer's fault, it's your fault. And you need to go do the research and understand why it's not working and that that was something that I know we both faced. I, I think that's a great analogy. Um, go read the article. It's on PFF.com. As Eric mentioned, Cyber40 is the promo code. You get 40% off. That's, that's just a taste of what you get. Obviously, you get all the betting tools, the betting dashboards, which we are going about to use here on this beautiful podcast, the player props tool, the best bets tool. I cannot tell you as you go down the stretch and you head towards the Super Bowl, how useful all that is. And it's getting better. All of those tools are improving week over week. So get involved now. Keep that 40% off for the whole year. You can get all of that stuff. Literally everything PFF has to offer for one payment of $120 for the entire year. Or you can do it for um, a- as little as uh, $6 a month. So go to pff.com, use promo code cyber40. Plus I didn't even mention all the fantasy tools, all the great content, the zero to 100 grades. It's all there for you. Go make it happen. Okay, you ready to do it? Pickle yeah let's do this. Oh, last, man, this last last week this is a bad week. week bro this is a this is a rough week but we will overcome the the problem <laughs> the problem isn't the board if we can't find a winning bet it's us oh damn um, it you're right uh the good good the good I like it. lock of the week last week um you had two that you proposed both hit a teaser and the and the over on minnesota san francisco that hit in the third quarter um so we're going to keep this train rolling I will let you begin.
1: And there's not a lot of good ones here, but I will propose one that I like. Okay. Colts, Texans, under 45 and a half.
0: Tell me more about this.
1: Uh, The Colts are a run first team Mm -hmm. that will run the ball more in this game because they got called out for not running it enough against the Bucs. Uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor Frank
0: Reich was resolute.
1: Yeah, he was. And I like Frank Reich. I like Frank Reich being resolute. He should have. Yeah. Um, but here's the real reason I like this, 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 uh, game. The big time throw rate for Carson Wentz is 3.62. Not all that high. The big time throw rate for Tyrod Taylor is 2.37. Not that high. And the turnover worthy play rate for both men is about 2.35. This game is going to be a sequence of very inefficient plays. Um, The only way that I think it gets over is if Jonathan Taylor goes crazy. But there's a lot of injuries in this game for uh, the Colts. You have Doyle. uh, You know, you have Paris Campbell, obviously. out. You have Eric Fisher's questionable. You have Quentin Nelson's. So so two members of the offensive line questionable. Um, You know, both teams are sort of in the 60s for plays, not in the 70s at all. Um, you know, this has moved out. We like Colts minus seven and a half. I put a small house on Colts minus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It's now minus nine. So we like that. Um, I like under just because I think, from the divisional game aspect of this game, it's going to play closer than people believe. Um, second matchup, I believe, between the two teams. Um, I think the only league here is the Colts. You know, if you think about the Colts, if they finish that Monday night game against Baltimore, they finished the Titans off, you know, at home when they had a two touchdown lead, and then they, they, they beat the the Bucks. Um they're nine and three <laughs> and mm-hmm. and sitting pretty in the AFC. And instead they're six and six, uh, making all of us who bet them under after all the the tumult uh you know in July and August uh a little bit less sweaty, but certainly still sweaty. So I like under here. I just think, you know, that that's the best play for this one, and it's one of the better ones of the week, weirdly.
0: Okay, I have an over that I like. Um, Last week, I came very close to ending a miserable cycle in my life, and in our lives, actually, betting the Falcons. They let me down again. They covered against the Jaguars, and that means that I am morally obligated to continue betting on games in which the Falcons are playing. Falcons are plus 11 at home in the Mercedes-Benz arena in Atlanta, Georgia, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the first-ranked offense using our Massey opponent-adjusted rankings. Those are in the PFF betting dashboard. The Atlanta Falcons have the 31st-ranked defense. The total on this game is 50.5. The last time they played, it closed 52. The final score was 48-25. I know that Antonio Brown is not playing in this game. Um, Calvin Ridley yes, also. Yes, that is an issue. Absolutely. However, however, I like the over.
1: Okay. I I actually ha- what have what has killed us more in the past? Falcons ATS or Falcons overs?
0: Eric, I'm trying I'm trying to have faith in the future <laughs> <Like> and not. <laughs> I,
1: I, no, but it's okay. a good point. It's a good point. I, I, like. But... like the Matt Ryan this year doesn't even have a 100 passer rating when clean. It's like, it's
0: not good. No, it's it's really not. Let me tell you how bad it is. This is how bad Matt Ryan's been. I play in fantasy leagues where you play two quarterbacks. So quarterbacks are incredibly valuable. Matt Ryan is a free agent. Taysom Hill was picked up off waivers for a, a king's ransom in 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 uh, free agency budget. Matt Ryan lays just sitting there on the waiver wire anyways uh i i have a few more take me to your next uh your next bet that you like
1: okay okay that uh, i'll i'll go i'll consider that one man i want to get hurt again so it's certainly on that uh mm-hmm. playing field okay um here's one i d- actually don't okay all right raven sealers under 44
0: Oh, wow. You are just – the sweat machine is in full force here. Yeah,
1: I got another one that's going to be sweaty that I don't even think you're going to – I don't you're need going to, to work out. Off. I
0: just need to bet everything that you're betting.
1: I think you're going to laugh off the next one I have. Um, okay. okay, here's my thesis on this. I know the Ravens are – the Ravens are third to last in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Yeah, it's great. bad. Um, oh, but But I think that's actually good for the under. Right? Because hmm. I think the last thing you want is the Steelers just being shut down and punting from their 20 and giving the the Ravens dec- decent field position all the time. Hmm. Both of these teams, George, are negative EPA run and pass.
0: Yeah. It's, Isn't that crazy?
1: It's like, nuts. I think, I actually think that John Harbaugh deserves to be coach of the year for having this Ravens team at 8 and 3. Really? I,
0: this Ravens team's bad, George. They're, like, they've been banged up all year, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're poorly constructed. I'm saying once Ronnie Stanley's out for the year, Marcus Peters is out for the year, Calais mm-hmm. Campbell's injured, um, you know, uh, Bozeman, your center, goes out in the last game, uh, DeShazer Elliott's got on IR. Like, um, you know, like, they just don't have anything to work with. And, like, last week, they won a game where their quarterback threw four picks. <laughs> like, yeah. I... I Um, by the way, Green Line had under on that game, not, you know, we, we also had Browns plus three and a half, which was rough with that last field goal. Um, I I think 44 is too high for this game. Um, and I think the, the Ravens give up enough, but it's going to be like field goal stuff, right? Like, I think this game is going to be a kind of a field goal fest. Um, and, and the Ravens come out ahead, um, and the game goes under.
0: I, here i'll give you a couple of data points that align with that despite the fact that this is a buying lamar jackson that is l- l- low <laughs> um yep. that is this shocked the hell out of me ben rothsberger has been really bad this year were the lowest graded quarterback in the nfl yet his pass rating when clean is 98 lamar jackson's is 91 I know. That and I know that he had a bunch of interceptions last week, and that's probably the, the the reason why. But that that is nuts to me. So, so yeah, I can see I can see why that one um, makes sense. Let me I'm gonna try and stay away from the sweatiness of unders, even though, gotta be honest with you, I think there's some value on a few unders here, and you can go find them on the betting dashboard at PFF. Um, let me take you to the Sunday night game your Kansas City Chiefs coming off live, playing at home against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Denver Broncos are plus 10. I have have regained faith in the Chiefs, but I have not regained faith in them as an offense that is going out and beating people by 20 or 15 or 14. Um, And I think 10 is just too many points. Um, Even though, you know, the Denver Broncos are not a great team. They're also not a terrible team. And as we've talked about before, I just don't think the NFL right now. I think this is, you know, this has been our my thesis. I think you've agreed with me on this largely. There's so much parity right now that when a team that doesn't suck is playing any other team, them being a huge underdog doesn't make a ton of sense. Um and so that's where that's where this is coming at. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't it, – it's not the cleanest of, of – you know, you've got to – you might have to come through the back door, which with Teddy B is not the surest of things. But um, plus 10, I think, is uh, the right side is Denver.
1: Bro, you know what Teddy Bridgewater's against the spread record is in his career?
0: Um, in his career, I do not.
1: 42-18-1. and one. Wow. You know <sighs> –
0: this is, I mean, they're six and there's six and five um, this year. Uh, you straight up, at, right? Uh, no, um, uh, ATS and the, ATS. The, the real record is also six and five. But yeah, ATS. The um, so it's interesting if you look at the Chiefs, they have covered both of their last two games and they've won them by ten or more. The I, and, and and that's
1: where I think the trap is, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and you you guys, I. You know, I, I listen. I read the comments. I know I'm a Chiefs Bobo, but I, I can't do it this week. Like I can't. This is this is a trap. This is the largest. So I'll be the first to say, like the Chiefs this year, this has been the least impressive Mahomes year. I don't even think it's close. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time all season that the Chiefs have been favored by double digits, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and this is I think the first time they've been favored by more than. Six and a half if I'm if I'm not mistaken um uh, I love the Chiefs in a situation where they're laying two and a half and I can like bet alternate alternate lines at plus prices like I like that
0: they were favorite and a half against the Giants this is the second Ah, uh, yes yeah yeah so, okay so scored. sorry
1: that yeah they by the way did they cover that game no okay and and this leads me to my bet on this game which is under 47 okay. and a half I knew it was coming. Um, the this is people. People actually, you know, people will will you know, say what the hell and like how the Chiefs' offense play. You know, if you look at the Chiefs' schedule this year, they have they've been for the most part an under team. First two games of the year go over. The game against the Chargers at home actually went under. Mm-hmm. Then their game against the Eagles and Bills went over. And then since then, Washington football team under, Tennessee Titans under, Giants under, Packers under, Raiders went over by two points, and then Dallas went well under. Their games have been slugging out. I think the Chiefs win this game, but I think it's more of like a 23-16, 23-13. We had this game last year. It was in uh in Field a mile high, but it was basically what, 23-16 was mm-hmm. when it ended, mm-hmm. right? Chiefs didn't cover that number. I, I don't. I don't understand what the difference is between this Chiefs team and last ones, other than they might be a little worse. And they couldn't cover these big numbers last year. I don't think they can cover them, but I also don't think their defense is that bad anymore. And you're getting a value here because look at this. If you look at yards per play allowed by these teams, the Chiefs are 32nd in the NFL. The The Denver Broncos are 20th. You talk about the Broncos defense, everybody believes they're great. Traditional metrics hate them. But if you look at the PFF opponent-adjusted rankings, the Massey ones you're talking about, Chiefs are 11th defensively, Broncos are 16th. They're mm-hmm. getting better. They're grading better. And those reflect who's playing now, by the way. So those are opponent-adjusted and adjusted for who's actually going to get the snaps for the team. So that 11th place is ignoring the Sorenson snaps or, or reducing them because mm-hmm. he doesn't play as much. And so I think you're getting a value here at 47.5 and a half, at under.
0: Yeah, I am... Um...
1: I know it's hard for the Chiefs. I, they will go under that, but I
0: actually kind of like this under more than the others that you've offered. As, as tough as it is to go um, under on the homes at home, um, before we get to, the, the rest and we pick our lock of the week. Um, our friends at Fantrax are the best place to host your fantasy football league or hockey basketball whatever it may be that you are playing from a fantasy perspective Fantrax league manager it's the most customizable it has a fantastically easy to use wonderful user experience uh, and rich platform it's it's a great great place to host your leagues it's why pff does our leagues on Fantrax. Um, the customization goes on for days. So no matter what you think you want to do with your league, you can do it at Fantrax. If you go to Fantrax.com PFF and sign up there, you will be eligible to receive a signed jersey that a few lucky fans will be getting from our friends at Fantrax. And of course, you're going to play some bets. You're going to sweat it out this week. You need to make sure that you're sweating it out on DraftKings and the DraftKings Sports Book app um the DraftKings sportsbook app is the official sports betting partner of the nfl and here's the deal if you use promo code pff new customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score will win a hundred dollars in free bets that's very very simple and then you can take that hundred dollars you can place on all the player props you can distribute you can win a ton of money and if you happen to be in a place where you cannot bet legally DraftKings still has you covered. You can play DraftKings Daily Fantasy for huge cash prizes. Plus, there is a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes um, when you enter your first deposit at DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. $1 One dollar in any team to score, get a hundred dollars in free bets at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be twenty one or older in Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers eligible, minimum five dollar deposit, one dollar wage required, one per customer, restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred gambler. All right.
1: I, I almost had to call one eight hundred nine with it when Toledo <laughs> uh bat covered on like not a back door, but like they should have just been taking knees. They were up 28. I had Akron plus 28 and a half and under, and they just ran in a touchdown. Like Do you have a second. CFL uh,
0: degenerate bet of the week?
1: Yeah. The, the Hamilton Ticats plus one and a half against the Toronto Argonauts. I think that one's the degenerate. I'll say that on the PFF uh, college live show Friday mornings. Um, Tune
0: in, get, get yourself some degeneracy. Um, uh, by but, the way,
1: by the way, I did not want so if anybody I don't want anybody going back and saying we're betting Teddy Bridgewater because of his ATS record. I'm more saying that Bridgewater's Bridgewater is an underrated asset on the betting market. I'm not saying that that's the handicap. We make the number 9.3 just by all the fundamentals. We do not bake in what his ATS record. I, I think it's amusing that he's 42 and 18 and 1 against the spread. Um, And and he also went into Arrowhead last year and did it uh, as well. It says a
0: lot about the the situations he's been in too, right? Like Sean Payton. I think actually the Thursday night game is interesting. New Orleans is plus four and a half. Taysom Hill taking the first team wraps is slated to start. We've talked about this before. The impact of a guy playing who is not the normal starter at the beginning of his run. And Mm -hmm. um, the Dallas Cowboys defense has not been particularly good. The spread at four and a half, as I mentioned, um, New Orleans is at home, four and a half point underdog. And you, you know, defensively, the Dallas Cowboys, despite all the interceptions that Trayvon Diggs has, despite the fact that Micah Parsons is the defensive, uh, the defensive rookie of the year, um, they're 23rd in our opponent adjusted defensive rankings. And so um, it, you look at that and you also look at the New Orleans Saints. They haven't been, Super impressive lately, but they're coming off of long rest. Um, as the Cowboys are, the Saints were pretty banged up. This gives them a chance to be a little bit healthier. They've played the, the toughest schedule in the NFL so far. Yep. Um, that's so a good point could be, um, could be a little value there, but that's not the one that, um, that I asked. Actually... Trayvon Diggs,
1: by the way, no PFF coverage grade above 60 in a game since week three against Philadelphia. He Excuse me. He has given up 728 yards through the air. Um, he has it's a the, worse is that the grade. Most than Brash- still, I believe so. He's a worse grade and uh, a worse grade than Brashad Breeland. Even though Brashad Breland's Jeez. obviously terrible. Like that. That's a it's a pretty interesting one. I, you bring okay. up a great great. Can I? Brad Spielberger said this, and I thought it was great. Taysom Hill had two wins last year against the Falcons. Those were Dan Quinn engineered defenses. I know he was mm. fired. They were Dan Quinn schemes. Dan Quinn scheme on
0: Thursday night. I like it. Okay, here's my last one. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to New York to play the Jets. What an awful game this is going to be. Total of 45 and a half. I don't know if you've watched. I know you've watched the Jets recently. Um, the Eagles was not the most impressive uh, display against no. the um, the New York Giants. Um, under 45 and a half the eagles are going to do exactly what all their fans want them to do which is run the ball um they will probably be able to do that against the jets and uh yeah it's a little yeah like
1: i part of me hates this because of how well the eagles when you look at some of their games when they blew out uh detroit they they got the over by themselves when they blew out the saints they got the over by themselves um you know so there there are aspects of this that scream, you know, that, that are not great, you know, from a, the Eagles could do this all by themselves type of thing. I, I think Robert Salah is a good defensive coach. I know the Jets have given a a lot of points. They were fine last week. The other thing is Hurts is questionable with an ankle. Kelsey's questionable with a knee. Um, they're, they're banged up, and they're not that good. They have zero expected points per run, zero expected points per pass. Um, Jalen Hurts only has 4.5. Uh, Big-time throw rate, 89 passer rating from a clean pocket. I know a lot of that's the interceptions from last week. Um, And I think the Jets are improving enough offensively where they can get the ball to the 40 and punt. Mm -hmm. Because the real leak here for the under is Zach Wilson just throwing picks, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: You know, like, so I I think, you know, I I would like to see more out of Zach Wilson, but you don't coach your bets. You don't root for your bets. You you bet what you think is going to happen. I think 45 under is good. Um, I think more? that that, I don't actually, okay. I, this is a rough one. I know we do about, show value on Niners Seahawks over. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't like Wilson, Russell Wilson make, made me want to gouge my eyes out. He made me want to create a vat of asphalt and stuff my head into it on Monday night. He was horrendous and was not the good. Seattle Seahawks. When you think like, oh, maybe this'll like motivate them to learn something, and then they go sign Adrian Peterson. They're they're a joke at this point, aren't they?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like I looked at I looked at that and I was like, how the and Niners maybe, have maybe... to score
1: fifty themselves in yeah. this game.
0: That that and that's possible. Um I'll throw out one more. Tom Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns is plus one twenty. I know that there is no um, Hit Antonio Brown. I, I get that's that. it though. And uh this is as i just said the one of the worst pass defenses in the nfl this is the falcons um he owns the falcons he is also little revenge game for tom brady against the end zone okay leonard fournette four touchdowns last week this time they're on the one yard line they're just gonna let tom brady throw just to even it out like they're that's what they're gonna be up 20 that's what they're gonna do um he's gone two two and one in the passing touchdown department Uh, This is plus 120. Um, I'll throw that one out there as well. Before we decide on the lock of the week, if you want to make some smart financial decisions, maybe not all of them should be betting focused. You can go to Western and Southern, our friends who sponsor this podcast. They care about your financial well-being. And so what they're doing is they're partnering with our friend, Chris Collinsworth, also our boss, um, to let you ask Chris a question. You can ask him about anything with his Sunday night um, situation. You can talk, ask him about Al. You can ask him about how the slide came about. Um, you can ask him about PFF. You can ask him anything you want, or you can ask him about some questions around your financial future. And Western and Southern will have Chris answer the best questions on his podcast and the Western and Southern Instagram. Um, and when you ask a question, you'll be entered in a raffle to win a catered party for February's big game. So Submit your questions. You go to westernsouthern.com slash chris. That's westernsouthern.com slash chris, And then go check out the YouTube link uh, for Chris's podcast. Check out his podcast on YouTube or on Western Southern's Instagram. Um, they will make you a smarter player of the game of life, Western and Southern. Okay. Lock of the week. What do you think?
1: I did like the Brady one. The one issue I do think is no A.J. Brown and... Or Antonio Brown. Sorry, and this is something interesting, right? Like I was, we were going through our Rams Rand. You know, the Rams have three players who are in the top, like six in the NFL in WAR: Cooper Cup, uh, Aaron Donald, who's number uh, non-quarterbacks. Aaron Donald's number one, and then Ramsey is at .52 WAR this year. You know who's second in the NFL in WAR among corners?
0: Um, AJ Terrell.
1: AJ Terrell. Hey, that. I, I mean, I know coverage is a weak link system and I know Brady in a dome and all that kind of stuff. Like that's my favorite one. But before we bet it, I do want to tell the listener like that could, it could go kaput, right? For for that reason.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you look at that run of unders for him in the passing touchdown department, it aligns really nicely with not having Antonio Brown. Um, so so I, I get that, but you look at, you look at AJ Terrell, third highest graded corner. There is no other player on the Titan or on the Falcons in their secondary that has a grade above 62 at their position. Um, so that would be my thought. But I, w- so aside from Brady, what's your favorite?
1: Um, let me. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, I would say it's the Chiefs under.
0: Oh my god. What a sweat. What an absolute sweat. Um man. Well, you guided us to the promised land last week. I'll let you be the deciding factor. I like both. I'm happy. Let's go
1: Chiefs both. Broncos under.
0: The lock of the week. Chiefs Broncos under from the guy that hates your run game <laughs> go to bff.com check out that article I promise you um, it's not slander it is really 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 good stuff that's our podcast by the way things for you to look forward to okay on Sunday night I have two things Eric I have I'm bringing recommendations back I have a great recommendation for people a great recommendation for people and I will address my my response to the Patriots went shopping at Target, this free agency will be coming on Sunday night. We'll be live after Sunday night football. Hopefully after that game goes (laughs) under on Sunday night between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.